Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. Nineteen eighties. Today we are in, oh, which year are we in again? 1985. New York becomes the first state to require that all front seat auto occupants wear seat belts or face a $50 fine. Microsoft released Windows 1.0. The dot-com revolution began when Symbolics.com became the first internet domain name to be registered, and Steve Jobs resigned as chairman of Apple Computer. Super Mario Bros. is released in Japan, and Blockbuster home movie and video game rental chain launches. So I did not know Blockbuster was that old. I didn't either. That kind of, I mean, I don't know if that makes their demise more sad. It just makes it sound, it it almost makes it sound like they they ran for a very long time and and that, you know, the champ got knocked out. 1985. That's good foreshadowing. Well, I mean, I guess you technically haven't been introduced. <laughs> so much for the host. Hey, I never had to introduce a guest before. But we can't. This is all new to me. But we can't pretend she's not here, Gabe. She, she's not going to no, go no, no. away if we don't talk to her. No, no, no. We we just have to wait an hour and Google will kick her out. Oh. Oh wait, or or is this what you meant, Cat? Like. I don't listen to your podcast anymore because I feel like I have to interact. So now you're technically not a guest. You're just going to interact as if you were listening to us live. Yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, yes, like, yes. Okay. it's like a, now it's like I a, feel a part of it. Yeah. It's the commentary track. You turn on the commentary track. You yes. Know? Yes. So what I'll do, what I'll do in post-production is I'll remove you and then people will get <sighs> the regular podcast and then they'll get the right. director's cut with commentary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Special theatrical release. <laughs> it's gonna be four hours long though <laughs> <laughs> all right so so we have a we have a guest we have a we have a a returning guest See? it's not so easy is it <laughs> no no because i was trying to say because cat's episode is the second most listened to episode i believe yeah fan favorite guest i believe is the correct second way fan favorite one of, our, just, one of our fan favorite guests one of our fan you wow. know what that's more it. popular than us more actually oh. n- not gonna lie uh your you your episode is definitely double what our normal numbers are so definitely more popular than just us wow i don't know who you told to listen but they did it was like four friends so it must have worked <laughs> that that explains all eight listens that exactly is, that is double our listeners that makes sense actually <laughs> so so uh we have invited cat because she admitted to us that we had lost her as a listener um and again we need all four and uh and uh and i said well, well what's 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 the problem cat how what do we need to change in our podcast in order for you to bring you back in and she said, actually, there's not a problem. It's just that I want to interact when I listen to your podcast. But then I'm reminded that I'm just listening to a pre-recorded audio file. So then we thought, all right, well, let's let's see if we can get her for another year by having her on here. And then she can understand what happens and, and the dynamics of everything. Um, and I, I thought, what better episode than one where 
I get to react, so then she gets to react, and Gabe is in control. So mm-hmm. he's doing using great. the term loosely. All right, now now we can start the podcast. <laughs> now it's a show. Keepies. Uh, I I the only the other thing that jumps out at me, aside from not uh, not uh, not ever having heard what the first internet domain ever was, I did not know. I wonder if that is that still open. I thought you were just gonna look up what Symbolics was. What the heck is Symbolics? Ask our AI anything. I don't think that's the original one. I'm gonna go out on a limb. Either that or they were way ahead of the curve. Oh, it's AI. Uh, it said Ask our AI anything. Yeah, there's no, a no. there's a, a beta AI there. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. Um, I wonder what that was. I'll have to go. I'll have to go look at that at some point. But uh, you'll note that Super Mario Bros. was released in Japan. So it not, didn't. Not not globally. Yeah, it. it... Went into the state several years later. Yeah, eighty-seven or eighty-eight, probably. Yeah. And again, this is Super Mario Bros. Not to be confused with Mario Brothers. There's a difference. So the original, it was Mario and Luigi competing against each other, trying to Mm. kind of like uh, kill each other in the game. Uh So remember, the the first appearance of Mario was in the Donkey Kong game. Right. And and then the spinoff for Mario Bros, where it's Mario and Luigi competing against each other, trying to beat each other on a level. Uh-huh. And then Mario Brothers comes out, which is Princess Peach. Yeah, yeah, with the with, where they're constantly trying to rescue Princess Peach. Got it. Thank you. And then fast forward to Chris Pratt is now Mario. I've heard controversy, but I haven't read about it. I think the only weird part is that uh, Italian voice that he does. How Italian is he, it? He does. <laughs> oh my God! What a great, <laughs> what a great opener for a joke, right? Oh, I missed it. How Italian is it? It's so Italian. <laughs> we don't, we don't make jokes about cultural appropriation on no, this show. No, there's two things we keep away from: politics, cultural appropriation, and religion. And two oh, things. And religion. Three things. No, I was just wondering if it was as bad as that guy in Knives Out that you think has a great Southern accent, and I think it's terrible. Daniel Craig has a fantastic yeah. accent. How dare so you? Bad. So if if you think okay, okay, it's the standard. Is that cultural that. appropriation too? Are we are we no, wrong he, to like his accent? He, no, he picked a very specific accent and he nailed it. We googled it one day, and it, I was, was like, I don't even know what part of the South, and he admitted he's like. I don't know either. I kind of just pushed them together. And so you've got little bits of different sounds from all across the South. So I don't know what Southern accent he's going for other than just generic South. Speaking of accents in movies, uh, and I'm sorry, Gabe, uh, because. No, no. Guest episode. So, so you know how like, you know how like um, in American movies, you can tell when it's a British American, Australian American, like South African, like English. There's an accent to their English, right? Oh, when they're not doing an English accent. Yeah, when they're speaking. Okay. They're speaking Our English. American accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. They're speaking English, but with their country's accent. Correct. Yes. Because you know it's not ours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I realized watching a uh, foreign film, uh, an American foreign film, that. There are no British accents in foreign films <laughs> because because they're speaking the native language and there is no native language with that accent. So America, American movies are very specific where you can tell, 
oh, this person's supposed to be Australian. This person's supposed to be British. But when you take that same movie and you put it in like, you know, Swedish, Finnish, uh, you know, Dutch, they can't do a Dutch English, you know, a Dutch, a Dutch British accent or a Dutch Australian accent. <laughs> it's just the person has to say, I'm Australian, mate. <laughs> <laughs> in order for you to put together why they act a certain way but in america uh, that same movie in america you're like oh it's because he's australian <laughs> it's not from britain's lack of trying that there's not a, a dutch british accent <laughs> i mean but yeah i thought that was funny i was like oh we take it for granted that when we hear the person in Eng in the in the movie you're like oh that guy's british oh that guy's australian but in a another language they're like, oh, no, that person has to make the statement. I am British. <laughs> Just casually throw that in. <laughs> you know, puts on, throws on the, the Union Jack uh, jacket on and goes, oh, from my home country. <laughs> it, it makes some things that happen uh, a lot more uh, reasonable. I, I thought that was funny. Again, it's a stupid thing to, to acknowledge, but I was like, oh, we do take it for granted that we hear accents from other countries. It's, when that, it's that perspective you get from not having everything be from, uh, you know, the American lens. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was interesting. Oh, man. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> the longest intro ever. All right. On to births. Uh, we're going to start off Dave Franco, American actor, voice actor, and filmmaker. First time I saw him was in Scrubs, season nine. Ooh, I... That might have been the first time. All I know is that like he he plays a very convincing douchebag. He does whenever it, he whenever he gets cast. Was it Neighbors? Was he in Neighbors? He was, I believe, in Neighbors. Okay. I haven't seen that, but I yeah. uh, recently was a uh, Jump Street Twenty One Jump Street. Yes, he does play that. I watched that like, job. The same guy. Douche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I hear you. Uh, and he's just so unlikable. He does a good job. Very much so. Yes. Kat, are you looking up Dave Franco? I had to Google him because I don't know people's names. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen Neighbors. Filmmaker, what did he, what did he, do you know offhand what, what he made? Kat's already doing the research. What has he produced okay. or uh, directed, uh, Kat? Please don't rely on me to navigate on IMDb. Because <laughs> well. I don't, I didn't, I mean, I, I believe he is. I believe he directed something recently. Recently Maybe. he directed something with his wife in it, didn't he? That sounds right. Okay, Kat, I'm going to tell you that uh, if this is going to be a preview of future uh, guest appearances, you got to you gotta step it up, lady. You can't Y'all told me I didn't have to prepare. But I saw you doing it. I was, because I don't know who that is. Um, he produced somebody I used to know. That's the he movie. Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> By the way, Gabe, you almost sounded... <laughs> You, I'm incredulous because I don't remember. No, but I, for a second there, you almost sounded offended. No, I'm just like I'm like, what was he? You're like, Hang there's on, no, we can find him. There's no douchebags in the Star Wars. Uh... Oh, there's tons of them. <laughs> They're everywhere. Anakin, Anakin was the main character, and <gasps> he was he just... one bodies. Who was he? I saw that. <laughs> See, huh. I got I got to look this up specifically because he's uncredited on IMDb. He's, he doesn't make it on the list. Well, you guys do that. I'm just going to do another intro where I introduce um, 1985 episode two so that when we split this, because it's going to take three hours to finish, we'll be ready. <laughs> Hello and welcome to. <laughs> you are very accurate. He's definitely in Scrubs. 
Yeah, that's the first time. Like season nine, the bad season. The one nobody okay. wants to talk about. He's in 13 episodes? Yeah, that's a season. Wow. Okay. Well, it's well, not he... him. There's a David Franco that they're that IMDB took me to the wrong. I put Dave Franco and the first thing puts you to David. That's a Google. That's so, a Google problem. So this whole time you're like, I don't recognize any of these movies. Like, <laughs> there's, so many, there's so many people in it. It was just so long ago that he's pretty young. I was like, what the hell? Was he just a random kid in it? That's why I was surprised. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. That was fun. I was. Somebody I used to know. That's that other song by that guy. That Goatier. Was for a little bit. Yeah. 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 But that's the one with his wife, right? Uh, Allison Bree, I think is her name. Yes. 10 points to Gryffindor. She's um, an yes. executive producer on Pam and Tommy for television. Did not know that. Oh, interesting. He was the writer and producer of somebody I used to know. Producer of Zola. Producer, writer, and director of The Rental. There you go, filmmaker. Uh, he uh, he was the voice of Tony Stark, Iron Man in the video game Marvel Avengers Academy. Wow. Voice actor, huh? Yeah. Well, look Did at not that. Know I mean, he's, he's in the Lego Ninja Ninja Go. Ninjago. Oh, thank you. Is that what it is? I don't know. Is that how you say it? <laughs> yes. It also says <laughs> voice. Hello and welcome to Pop Culture. <laughs> All right, I got nothing more for Dave. I, I don't think any. <laughs> I think I think we've done Dave to death, and and David also. <laughs> and, and we even dipped into David. All right, next up, we have uh, Frankie Munitz, American actor, musician, writer, producer, and now race car driver. So I recently heard the podcast that he did on Steve-O's Wild Ride. It's you know what this dude is a smart. He was a smart kid, like. After the acting, he got into race car, but during that time, he also purchased a bunch of property uh, in the, oh. in L.A. and and he, you know what he what he did? He would buy empty lots and then he in in downtown L.A. and he would turn them into parking lots, so people would have to pay to park in his lots. And he apparently made a lot of money investing in property in downtown L.A. Uh, and that's why he kind of quit Super acting. smart. Yeah, he quit acting and didn't really need it anymore. And recently got back into uh, race car driving. But yeah, no, he he like uh, the acting experience, I think, was a little too much for him. And like he moved to Tempe, Arizona, like he just was minding his own business, trying out different things. And real estate apparently was a thing that uh, that hit well for him. And uh, he just recently went back to car racing. But yeah, very interesting story, because I remember him in like. The Herbie movie, I think, right? And then, like, uh, Malcolm in the Middle. And that was it. Um, but, no, yeah. he, he got married, has his family, and just all his investments have, have, been, have been really, really good. I thought that was it's very interesting. It's kind of nice to see a child actor that doesn't get all completely screwed up financially and, and otherwise by, by the early success. Yeah, no, this is why we all love Elijah Wood. You know, American, uh, America Sweetheart there. He also had two really big hits in 2015. Songs? No, no movies. Herbie. Shark, Sharknado, part of Sharkness, and Sharknado 3. Oh, hell no. So he was part of the... Okay, so Sharknado, Sharknado was awesome. Mm -hmm. I don't remember him in Sharknado 1. Um, 
I guess if they never got released into film, I mean into theaters, you know, because they were direct for uh, was it the Sci Fi Channel, right? Probably not right. (laughs) If I had to guess, yeah. Look, Sharknado and uh, Lavalantula, and Mm -hmm. uh, what was the other one? And there was there was the octopus shark uh, octopus. (laughs) No, that's that's real. It's unfortunately real. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We don't make the rules. No, we do not. All right, Frank and Munoz, get it. Good for you. Good for him. Yeah. Survived. Especially like, was it nine or eight years of of Malcolm in the Middle, right? I mean, that was a pretty, like, I think that was Mm -hmm. like early teens for him to his early 20s. That's crazy. Yeah, it ran, it ran a while. Uh, Next up, uh, Michael Phelps. I like how we put just American Swimmer. Isn't he like a seven-time Olympic gold medalist or something? Isn't it like a 23-time Olympic gold medalist? I, I don't even know. I, I just know it was a bunch. Maybe he won seven at one time, and that's what I'm oh, thinking. Oh, like, like in one Olympic. One year or something. Yeah. I, I like, thought that he holds the record because it's like over 20 in like the three or four Olympics that he's competed in. Yeah, let's see. Um, the, he does have 23. 23. So much that Phelps has won the highest number of medals in the entire Olympics. 28 medals across five summer games. Michael Phelps' Olympic medal tally consists of 23 gold, the most Olympic gold medals ever won, three silver and two bronze. He's probably got so many gold, he just doesn't even, like the silver and bronze are just like in a drawer. <laughs> Why even display him? I mean, at that, I mean, honestly, 23 and then five, yeah. Just be like, no, nah, don't, even, don't even talk about those. Yeah. He's like, didn't you compete in that? No, I didn't. Nah, nah. Didn't you medal? <laughs> no, I didn't get gold. <laughs> <laughs> Not to me, I didn't. <laughs> So he, wow, okay, 85, wow. Yeah, uh, the, the the craziest thing, I think, other than his, you know, gigantic success, uh, he produces half the lactic acid of his competitors in some kind of genetic uh, aberration. I don't understand um, what that he means. He can recover quickly. Uh, yeah, so that's what makes you, that's what that? fatigues your mu- muscles. Like when you run and your muscles start to get tired, uh-huh. like, and burn. What if you like, don't run? Give me another so, um, so then, then chances are when you, when you walk, <laughs> if you walk more than the average person, <laughs> what if uh, you don't run. He, he recovers. He recovers faster. So, oh, um, interesting. Helps you get through training sessions easier. You recover quicker and can push harder. So, yeah. um, very interesting. He's uh, he's like uh, purpose built for his sport. Because is it true that his, like, the arm span, something with his arms, he has some... He's, yeah, he's got, uh, he's he's genetically, uh, he seems like he's very predisposed. Like, he does have an incredible uh, wingspan, if you will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he is, he's quite, quite well uh, built for swimming. And, and it shows. Last on our list uh, for today, Kira Knightley, English uh-huh. actress. I, I know who this is. I think she is a wonderful actress. I think she's a gorgeous human being, and I could watch her in anything. I think the first movie that I think made her famous was was it Bended like Bended like Beckham? I think was like the indie mm-hmm. film that got like this huge recognition, right? It and did. then and then she got the Pirates movies. I remember her in a really cool movie called Domino, where she played a bounty hunter. Where uh, with uh, I remember Domino. Yeah, Domino was a fun, fun flick. Um, I know she was like in a King Arthur movie. 
Um, she was that like Roman retelling of it, like where they tried to be a little more historically accurate. I'm gonna put air quotes here. Yeah, and and then she did. What did she do? She did something big, at least that I'm supposed to remember. But I guess I don't. I guess it must have been the pirates movies. Um, but no, I, I mean she's just she's wonderful. She's she's so pretty, and again so talented, incredible. I will say that about her. I like her. I didn't realize she was in so many movies. I think a lot of it gets kind of overshadowed by like the Pirates franchise because that's kind of the biggest. Yeah, it's what four movies. I think that was yeah. like a peak. It's <clears throat> mm-hmm. a lot. That's a that's a lot of money too. So yeah, it makes yeah. sense. <laughs> makes sense. Hopefully, she bought some parking lots with that. Pride, and, Pride and Prejudice. She was also in that. Oh, there's Domino. Oh, 2005. Okay. It's a good movie. Uh, it was. Fun. It was her and Mickey Rourke, right? Wasn't it? I believe. Oh, she was in Pride and Prejudice alternate U.S. ending. I don't know. That's what it says. I don't. I don't know what. Did the Brits the... cut her out? She wasn't <laughs> British enough. They were like Maybe. nightly. Pah. There's Pride and I'm Prejudice. And in 2005, and then Pride and Prejudice alternate U.S. ending in 2006. Wonder what happened in that. Nightly, more like peasantly. This wasn't kingly. Really, none of these jokes. Nothing, man. Nothing's hitting. What a. Speaking of Knight and King, in in a in a a, a tangential thing, we we acquired uh, uh, Jonathan Quick. The king's goalie in a roundabout way, and people are like, "Ma, he went from a king to a knight." How sad he got demoted. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. Cat, uh, there's a there's a hockey team in Vegas called the Vegas Knights. This I know. And there's a I, believe it or not, I talked to her about that too. <laughs> on yes. When I get excited, yeah, he gets. I can't very myself. jazzed. But she was the Star Wars lady. She also had a part in Star Wars. Yeah, she was one of the. I can't handmaids. believe you didn't even talk about that. I mean, to be fair, she was one of a whole bunch of similarly looking <laughs> women that were just supposed to also be alternate Natalie Portmans. Ah, okay. Which don't get me wrong. Yeah. You know, if you could have a whole gang of alternate Natalie Portmans, that's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool situation. True. Uh, on to deaths. Uh, first up today, Clarence Nash, American author. Clarence Charles Ducky Nash, born December 1904, died February 20th of 85, an American voice actor, best remembered as the original voice of the Disney cartoon character, Donald Duck. Oh. Yeah. I wonder if he, he had was... the, the nickname Ducky before or after he got the role. Just going to put it out there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna bet that it was after. I, I want it to be before, though. I want him to have gone into the studio being like, look. I'm going to audition for this role. <laughs> I'm Ducky. And then, so, in 1904, Disney is 1920s, 1930s? 1930s, I want to say, is when... So he uh, was, like, in his mid-20s? Well, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's nice. Go on, sorry. He was born in a rural community in Watonga, Oklahoma, and a street in that town is named in his honor. In 1993, he was posthumously made a Disney legend for his contribution to Walt Disney films. Nice. I wonder... uh, his... Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go no, ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if he was the voice of uh, Donald Duck and the Three Amigos. Anyway, because uh, that was a World War II like, uh, yeah. propaganda film. I, I, he probably, I'm, I'm yeah. sure those were official. That was all part of the, the effort, the war yeah, effort. Yeah. Um, his death uh, on February 20th of 85 was leukemia. He was 
was in the Providence St. Joseph Medical Center in Burbank, California, at the age of 80. That's a pretty good age. I mean, made it pretty far. Uh, he is interred uh, at San Francisco Mission Cemetery in Mission Hills, Los Angeles. San Fernando, I'm sorry. Mission uh, in Los Angeles, California. The tombstone of his grave now shares he shares with his wife, Margaret Nash, depicts a carving of Donald and Daisy Duck holding hands. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. That's a hell of a life, man. Yeah, and since I'm going to bring it bring it back around to that wonderful conversation earlier about um, accents. So <laughs> to keep Donald's voice consistent throughout the world, he dubbed Donald's voice into all the foreign languages that the Disney shorts were translated what into. What the hell? Mm-hmm. So like, was he just like reading the lines phonetically? It said with the aid of the phonetic alphabet. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's impressive. That's very cool. Well, look at you, cat. <laughs> you're welcome. Good tribute. to step it up. Because, you know, earlier when you're like, cat, you're kind of sucking right now. So, no, you know. you're supposed to react. You're not supposed to research things. You suck. I don't know how to react if I don't know what's happening. <laughs> like, who is this guy? So I don't even know. That's is, the, it, you know you, is it David? You know in your life. Who am I looking at? You know in your life when people say things to you, and that's you reacting. You're just like, oh. <laughs> Look at okay, that. Okay, I'll try that next time. Try me, Gabe. I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, no. All right. Our next death Theodore Sturgeon, American oh. writer. I didn't know who, by name, I, <laughs> even with the clue of Ducky, I didn't know who either of these people were before I, I looked him up. Sturgeon, is could've he been, a fisherman? <laughs> could have been, been any duck. I mean, is he a fish? Is he on the wrong side of the fisherman equation? Born Edward Hamilton Waldo, February 26th of 1918. I know where this is going. Go. An American fiction author, primarily fantasy, science fiction, and horror, as well as a critic. He wrote approximately 400 reviews and more than 120 short stories, 11 novels, and several scripts for Star Trek, the original series. Ooh. There it is. Did not, when you said Waldo, I thought this was going to be the guy who wrote Where's Waldo. Never mind. Never <laughs> no, mind. we still don't know where that guy is. <laughs> what? Go on. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Sturgeon uh, died May 8th of 1985. Uh, he was a lifelong pipe smoker, and his death from lung fibrosis may have been caused by exposure to asbestos during his time in the Merchant Marine years. So, Merchant uh, Marines. Not sure. The Science Fiction Fan- and Fantasy Hall of Fame inducted Sturgeon in 2000, its fifth class, uh, which consisted of two dead and two living writers. Wow. No, I mean the original Star Trek. Uh, that's that's pretty hardcore when it comes to like uh, fiction. sci-fi cred. Yeah, no, that's that's crazy. He also did some Twilight Zone. Makes sense. I feel like if you were doing those, you were doing Twilight Zone, Outer Limits. Mm-hmm. You were doing like you know uh, all of those. Okay, wow, very cool. Sturgeon, what a cool name too. Yeah, well, I mean he he, but he that's his, obviously yeah, he picked his, yeah, his yeah. chosen his writer his writing name. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, like he has a pretty uh, distinguished. I mean, Waldo's a little goofy, but that's that's all the fault of that guy that's hiding in the striped shirt, as we mentioned. All right, uh, movies. On to movies. We're gonna start uh, real strong out the gate with Ewoks: Battle for Endor. This was uh, mm-hmm. this was the third Star Wars movie, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, when you boil it down, if you're if we're describing, yes. <laughs> Uh, 
the, the original release was November 24th of 1985. Uh, I would give you its budget and um, theatrical take, but this this did not really have a theatrical release. Uh, it had a limited theatrical release in 86, but this was primarily a uh, direct-to-video. Not, not TV. Direct-to-blockbuster. It was TV. I'm sorry. It was TV, but also video, all kinds of – it was not a uh, – it was it bypassed the, the theater initially. Um, I wonder unsurprisingly. why. <laughs> uh, Ewoks Battle for Endor initially premiered on ABC TV special on the 24th of November, 85. It was given a limited international theatrical release in 86 – uh, after the run, uh, it disappeared due to low box office receipts, uh, appeared on home video late in 87, uh, and reissued for retail in 88 and 90. The U.S. later released on VHS and Laserdisc in 1990. That's pretty dope, right? The film was released on DVD with its predecessor as a double feature collection entitled Star Wars Ewok Adventures in 2004. Wait, what was the predecessor? Or was that? There's another Ewoks uh, movie. Oh. <laughs> oh like a standalone or like part Yeah, these of are the... bo- well these are both just sort of smaller release, yeah. Uh, yeah. They're tech- not uh they did not Their get spin-off you. didn't work as well is what we're saying. Yes. Okay. It, surprisingly Ewoks as a featured as a feature did not on their They're own stand. Cute. And this is not the animated one, right? This is live action. This one's live action. I don't know oh. if the predecessor specifically cuz there was an Ewoks uh, cartoon yeah no yeah. that's what I, oh wow oh wow speaking of speaking of ewoks we're gonna throw in so i saw the uh i saw my star wars uh concert locally they did the music of john williams and there was someone in an ewok costume there was an ewok there last night we had a uh, chewbacca solid uh return of the jedi luke skywalker so like wearing the rebel gear the poncho and the helmet yeah stormtrooper and a scout trooper um mm. what else oh we saw a couple of i mean the Harry Potter's feature, so there's a couple of Slither in there, in their house robes. Um, I saw one little, uh, a small Chris Pratt, Jurassic Park, uh-huh. whatever his character was. Hmm. Um, the Raptor trainer. Yep. Mm-hmm. The guy in khaki. Yep. <laughs> a small man in khaki with a bandana. Yes. I'm trying to think if there's any other. I think that was the costumes. But there was an Ewok, which was, I was like, hey, what a choice. I mean, my hmm. question is, was it a small child or was it a small person? It, it looked oversized for an Ewok, so I'm guessing a small person. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I resisted the urge to ask if uh, the Stormtroopers were a little too short because they were both shorter than I. But I, <laughs> I, I did not give them any grief. But you're like 6'2", right, Gabe? I'm six foot. I'm only, I'm only just average. Average American height. Oh, my God. I'm tiny next to Americans. <laughs> With, uh, Me too. Uh, the final bit of trivia about Ewoks, um, in January 2019, Disney and uh, Lucasfilm, they released it on Prime Video, where it was available to rent or buy in standard. And then that in December of that year... we own it. Wait, wait, in December... It, hmm? Go ahead, Gabe, because I, I, I think she was about to say something, and then I was like, wait, but in December of the same year, 11 months later... They took it off. It was no longer available in that service. <laughs> Prior to 2021, Disney announced no plans to add the Ewok films to Disney+. Plus. Oh, no. This prompted, this prompted Eric Walker to start a petition to Disney to add them. In March of 2021, it was announced that both films would begin streaming on Disney+, Plus on April 2nd of 2021. It got petitioned and brought onto Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. So, like, this is a roller coaster. It's like, didn't do well, 
laser disc release what the hell well it's uh, like it's like that movie the black the black cauldron that disney would like mm-hmm. for people to forget and they have not like touched it since it's still there we all remember rid of us we all we remember. do See, like, yeah, no, I only well say that because my husband like prides himself on have seen like having seen all of the Star Wars stuff, um, and then when anything like goes on sale, it's like made available. Ta-da! It's in our library. I I did see this. I remember somebody else had this movie, and we borrowed it when I was a kid because I was obsessed. And anything Star Wars, I would I didn't care how bad, I didn't care how good. I was a child. So I remember borrowing and watching it and still being thrilled. There wasn't enough action for me personally mm-hmm. because I was looking for more. And, you know, they have to set up. It's like a they're uh, like a frontier family. If only like, Christian wrote it. There'd have been much more action. I would have put a That's lightsaber true. or two in there. I'm just saying. Ewoks wielding lightsabers would have been much so more entertaining. How sure are you <laughs> that you watched this and not the, prede- uh, the predecessor? I'm sure because I've, I've definitely seen live action and animated. No, but but we don't know if the the previous one was animated, right? <laughs> I mean, we'll find out. I, I don't. Know, let's find out. Ewoks. What was series. the name of the other one? This is the Battle for Endor. So the other one was the called Ewoks Battle for Endor. Star Wars Three Part Two. <laughs> Star Wars Part Three Two esque. Ewoks. Uh, Caravan of Courage and Ewoks oh, Adventure. Oh no! Oh no! That's oof. The title. We missed even... this in nineteen eighty four. What a what a what a drop ball drop on our part. It wasn't even announced in the research that we did. No, we didn't even. <laughs> was Warwick Davis in both of these? Uh, I'm gonna have to say I know he was in uh, Battle for Endor. He's got to have been because he's they have Wicket, and I'm 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 pretty sure. Let's see. Cat uh, Warwick Davis is a uh, very famous. Yep. Warwick Davis as Wicket W. Warwick. Thank you, Christian, because I'm I'm trying to be better and not Google everything. Yeah, yeah. So he's just thank you for he, saying that. He's a small uh, person that has been there. in every Star Wars movie since the seven. Oh yeah, yeah. He popped up on my uh, Facebook feed yesterday, day before. So then he Car- so played Ca- several characters. Yes. In the, so Carolyn yes. of Courage was a live action then. Also, yeah. So you've seen both of these games. I'm sure I've seen Battle for Endor. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I've seen Caravan of Courage too. Although, again, it would have been at this point probably 25 years at least since I. Wow. But you're still was, probably gonna watch them this weekend, and they're know. on Disney Plus, of course. Exactly. Okay. And yeah. and they're they're you know. I look. I'm not gonna not, lie. I not kinda, that long. They're like an hour and a half. I kind of want to watch them now, just so I can close the lid on my unwatched uh, Star Wars. Yeah, mm-hmm. gotta do it. Gotta. Gotta catch them all. All right. Uh, next up, for real, with actual movies released in 1985, Commando, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, my God. I fucking love Commando. Go on, Gabe. I'm sorry. Commando Super Fun, released October 4th, 1985, uh, with a budget of $9 million. Okay. Uh, see that. What, a, what, what do we think the box office take for Commando was? Oh, this would have been like Schwarzenegger's third movie? And it wasn't sci-fi. This was like realistic. Air yeah, quotes. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say seventy. I think I made seventy million. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good guess. Cat, what do you think? Without... Well, I'm googling it because I don't even know what we're talking about. The movie Commando. <laughs> yeah, never seen it. With a young Alyssa Milano. I don't even That's know true. who That's that also... is. Oh my god! Wait, you don't know Alyssa Milano? No. 
She would have been for oh. you, Charm. Oh, there she is, Charm. Thank you. <laughs> for the rest of us, for the rest of us, she would have been who's the boss? <laughs> uh, Fifty-seven and a half million. So pretty, pretty close. That's okay. a pretty close guess. I would have thought of more. It was such a great film. I think we we love it a lot in 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 retrospect. We do love it. A I lot. don't. At the time, it probably like look at look at eighty five though. Like look at your choices for what to see. I mean, there year. was a lot. Yeah, you're right. Um, and it was released a little later in the year. Uh, He's so Commando posing with a grenade in his hand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You gotta have it in your hand before you throw it. Where else are you gonna have? <laughs> the movie cover and it's a yeah, little bit hilarious doesn't he have like 37 weapons strapped to his body yes he's like <laughs> he has like an anti-tank he's got like a four tube anti-tank also i'm pretty sure launcher. i'm pretty sure he's not struggling or making any grunts uh he can carry all that easily true <laughs> like peak the man Arnold. is built to carry 37 he's weapons a, he's a german tank austrian tank okay but that, austrian tank. did you know like, yes, you, the answer is yes. Scary, I can so. tell you right now, if you ask about you a commando question, I will know the answer. Did you know that the hammer that Thor has to carry, they have multiple hammers of different weights, so that when you need his like arms bulging, like it's a much bigger and heavier hammer versus um, when he needs to be like throwing it around, it's a lot lighter. That actually is very good. That's smart. See, you didn't know. So I was like, how heavy do you think those grenades are that he's holding? Because his arms are just To like... us? Fairly <laughs> heavy. To him? <laughs> also, again, look, you're comparing a person whose entire life was bodybuilding and Chris Hemsworth, who has off-season. Arnold looked like that his entire life. I think he still looks like that. <laughs> Pretty sure you give him all those weapons again. He's still he's still running around. He could. I think there's, like there's a difference. Eighty where something. He doesn't need a weighted grenade to be able to bust out the biceps. <laughs> <laughs> also, that was before those times. You know. Okay. Yeah. In the before. In the before. In the before. Before. Oh my God! Mm-hmm. Commando, such a good movie. Oh, so many good lines. I'm sorry, Gabe. Go go. Uh, Commando. Uh, the film was released in the United States October 4th, 85. The film was noted for its furious action and sense of humor. The film was nominated for a Saturn Award for Best Special Effects, but lost to Back to the Future. Wait, the film's best score best special is provided effects? by James Horner. Yeah. What special effects does Commando have? Uh, you know what? Like, considering that, uh, do they consider the practical effects as special effects at that point? I mean, stunts at that point, no? Because it had a ton of explosions, obviously. Oh, I... But those were... I mean, if they consider practical effects... Okay. You That's, got it, right? I, I don't know. I don't know, to be honest with you. It was the 80s, so, though. Before real CGI, right? A commercial success, Commando was the seventh highest grossing R-rated film of 85. Ah. And the 25th highest grossing overall. Okay. When you said I was the seventh, I'm yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. fifth? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. R-rated. R-rated. Okay. Oh, wow. No, look. I... I uh, um, so it's Schwarzenegger, it's Allison, uh, I'm sorry, Alyssa Milano, and it's Ray Don Chong. Um, Vernon Wells. Yeah, no, nobody nobody cares about everybody else. Uh, just a, a, like a, a phenomenal movie. You get to see Arnold in a Speedo. Um, you get to see him in a tight white shirt. My God, he's just so, like, he is peak Arnold in this movie. And so many great lines. Like, um, this is where he... Like- 
You're a funny guy, Sully. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. And then when he does it, when he kills him first, Sully's like, you said you were going to kill me last. And he said, I lied. And then he drops him. <laughs> it's fantastic. And then the, the part where Ray Dan Chong like, uh, uh, rescues him from the police and she shoots a, 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 a rocket launcher. He gets out and he's and, and this is going to be my best Arnold impression ever. He looks at her and he says, where did you learn how to do that? You know, and she's all like, I read the manual. It's fantastic. Such a great a manual. impression. It was, yeah, right? It, does say how to it was very good. against a building, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, such a great film. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. This is it a is must. a fun watch. It is a fun watch. It's a must. On the list. It's not. <laughs> don't even try. Don't, don't try, Kat. You're lying. <laughs> through your teeth <laughs> disingenuous okay <laughs> next up police story directed uh, by and starring jackie chan that's, uh, that's never seen it but he's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> he is fantastic and it's this is just a, another one like he's got the list of movies that are outstanding from his like early years it's just it's every single movie like, yeah this one this one's like especially uh, is is really really good Police Story is a 1985 Hong Kong action comedy film starring and directed by Jackie Chan, who also wrote the screenplay with Edward Tang. Uh, in the first film in the Police Story franchise, it features Chan as a Hong Kong police detective, Kevin, alongside <laughs> Bridget Lin and Maggie Chung. In the film, Kakui helps arrest a drug lord but must clear his own name after being accused of murder. Yeah, no, it's just a, it's a good old fashioned, like, I think, I think after his, like, Drunken Master stuff, like, the, the modern age stuff, I think Police Story is, is probably one of his best films to watch. This and, like, Super Cop, I think, are just peak Jackie Chan. Fantastic film. Uh, its budget was two million. Like, two million... U.S. Oh, okay. Because I was about so to... we're talking in U.S. numbers, and we're also talking about its U.S. box office. Oh, then this probably made like ten million in the U.S. I'm sure it was enormous. Yeah. Yes, we're not. It wouldn't be unfair. So its release was in the U.S. December 14th of '85. Its box office in the U.S. was 18.7 million in a month. So that's not bad. It did pretty good. I mean, when you consider if it's a U.S. two million budget and it made that much just in the U.S., that's pretty good. Already a success. Yeah. I wonder what it's what was its international. But yeah, if if cat if if you ever want to venture back into old Jackie Chan films, Drunken Master, I think is. I, I've seen that one. Yeah, I that think everybody. Good. Super Cop and Police Story, I think, are are some of his best work. Some of the the best stunts that he's ever done, I believe. Okay, so you want to know it's estimated in U.S. dollars uh, overall uh, box office. Oh, this is a, a series, though. That's not fair. No, no, that's fine. Don't worry. Come on, guys. Do you want to know the series, though? What do you think the series took in internationally? Oh, my God. 250 mil? 265 million. Oh, nice. <laughs> Dang. So pretty good. That's a pretty good. And run. again, like this is a that's man, one of his franchises. Yeah. And again, this is a man that was like writing, directing, and choreographing, doing all his own yeah, stunts. I mean, they were getting their money's worth. Like he's every a producer. One of, yeah, every one of his uh, movies from this era too. Like you can look up on his like 
wiki or they have like guides that'll specifically tell you what injuries he sustained and what ridiculous <laughs> stunt he did in that particular movie. Like there's always one that he there's always in each movie at that in this era for Jackie Chan, there's a stunt he did that was like so ridiculous that could have killed him. I feel like he almost story, died lots of times. Oh, think, a ton. I think so. Police story, I think, is the one where he in the mall slides yeah, down the pole the, with the lights. With the lights and yeah. all the electricity and he almost got like electrocuted to death. Yeah. I want to say because he slid through like a live live wires that were all going off. So that was I think that was the peak stunt from this one. He has a permanent hole in his head from a stunt accident (laughs) while filming Armor of God in 1986. I don't know if you've done that year yet, but... We're in 85. We're in 85, so... Okay, sorry. Spoiler alert. It's been a minute, yeah. Whoever hosts that one. (laughs) Uh, All right. Next up, Rocky IV. Do, 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 do! I know I should... Put that in post, but I feel like doing it live is better. <laughs> I yeah, think so. We I love agree. the way it sounds. Rocky Four is oof. I mean, oof. I'm sorry, Gabe. The go. same as the first three. You watch your mouth, young lady. How <laughs> dare you? That is sacrilegious right here. Blasphemy. Uh, directed by and starring Sylvester Stallone, uh, Dolph Lundgren, Carl Weathers, oof. Talia Shire, Bridget Nielsen, Burt Young. Rocky Four is a 1985 American sports drama film. A very dramatic, uh, very film, dramatic. The film is the sequel to Rocky Three, and the fourth installment in the Rocky film series. Mm. At least they numbered them properly. They did. They did. Uh, Star Wars over here. Okay. In the film, Rocky Balboa Stallone fights Ivan uh, Drago Lundgren, a Soviet boxer responsible for causing a personal tragedy. Rocky IV was Dolph Lundgren's American film debut and Stallone's last directorial effort until 2006. It's quite the gap. It is, but this movie, I mean, it's this is the way to go. Ivan Drago, oh my God. So the tragedy that they refer to here is that an aging Creed, played by Carl Weathers, is getting back in the ring and there's this big tension between Russia and America and Ivan Drago being the Russian number one top contender and uh, Creed representing like the American, all American, like, you know, great hope. He uh, he goes into the ring and Drago like kills him in the ring, punches him to death. Do you know they were for real punching? Read that. I did not know that, but that you're probably talking about. Uh, Dolph Lundgren and Stallone right now, Carl Weathers. Yep. <laughs> Carl Weathers did not yes. die for real in yeah. the ring. <laughs> Fair. No, Fair. but there's a there's this movie is just I mean it's it is it is quintessential propaganda of, of the eighties of like the you know like the the Cold War. It's it's ridiculous. You know, it's stuff like that you can't do anymore. Well, I mean it is we're seeing a comeback. We're seeing a <laughs> resurgence of uh of us uh, against uh, the Russians. Um, yeah. But no, Dolph Lundgren so is amazing to, in this film. To expand on that, Stallone did tell Dolph Lundgren during the making of the movie, like in the ring, to really hit him to make it look good. And the result was Stallone being hospitalized in intensive care for nine days. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. He punched him so hard in the chest that his heart slammed up against his breastbone and began to swell. Yep. Dolph Lundgren was in his peak, by the way, in this film. <laughs> Man's amazing. I don't. I don't it's know a fun is. film. It's a that. fun film. Oh, that guy. He's, he's an exceedingly well-educated gentleman, is what he is. So the budget for Rocky Four was twenty-eight million. Oh wow! 
What was its box office? I'm going to stick to 250 because I feel like this was a, I mean, this was a successful film. This was a very was, successful film. It was a very successful. It was 300 million. Jeez. <laughs> no, that makes that makes perfect sense. Like it that, does. You don't it, understand, Kat. This was a ridiculously successful film. Um, and again, and people knew what to expect by yeah, this point. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Oh, so, well, uh, he's also a voice actor in something I would have seen, which is Minions: The Rise of Gru. Who? So. Sylvester Stallone or Carl Weathers or Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, sorry, the 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 Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had to Google he was because you were talking him up. He's aged much better. Oh no! Like Sylvester he stayed in Stallone. shape. The dude has always been in really good shape. I mean, if you miss him, uh, Cad, you can just watch him in The Expendables. He is he is he is entertaining in the Expendables he is as well. Very entertaining in because the Expendables. he he plays a dummy and he is not a dummy. No, he's not. <laughs> also in Sharknado, uh, Sharknado Five, Global Swarming. Is this like the degrees of Kevin Bacon? We're going to do degrees of Sharknado. Like how far? I think from a so. Sharknado movie. We're one. Yeah. We're one degree from. <laughs> I think we're pretty close. <laughs> Uh, our final movie for today, Back to the Future. Boo! Mm. Boo! Yeah. <laughs> Seen it. Oh, have Lots you, Kat? Of times. Lots of times, yeah. Husband likes it. Look at Kat all being all braggy. Oh, I've seen but it. Yeah, yeah. I've seen times. it at least like three times. Passe. Let me tell you the characters. The old guy with the frazzly hair, the young yep. guy that's very short. Ask me their names? No idea. I'll Google Wait, it. hang on, though. You don't know their actors' names, but do you know their Hold characters' on. names in the movies? Marty. And? and doesn't he just go by, like, Doc or something? Technically, Doc Brown, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Uh, Zemeckis? Robert Zemeckis. Uh, starring... Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, Leah Thompson, Crispin Glover, and Thomas F. Wilson. Crispin Glover. Ah, such a great actor. Back to the Future is a 1985 American science fiction film. Uh, It stars Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, etc. Also, as the main antagonist, uh, uh, Wilson also stars as the main antagonist, Biff Tannen. Set in 85, this follows Marty McFly, Fox, as a teenager accidentally sent back to 1955 in a time-traveling DeLorean automobile built by his eccentric scientist friend, Emmett Doc Brown, Lloyd. While in the past, Marty inadvertently prevents his future parents from falling in love, threatening his own existence, and is forced to reconcile the pair and somehow get back to the future. Whoa! Um, At least July 3rd of 85. (laughs) A a summer blockbuster. Thanks, Kat. You're welcome. Oh no, a July release for this film? It must have just made 300,000 million by the end of the year. 300,000 for sure. <laughs> no, its budget was 19 million. Oof. Wait, the budget for this was less than Rocky 4? Yeah. Wow. Significantly less. That is a lot less, especially it had way more special effects. For, yeah. Oh. Uh its box office was 388.8 million. Jesus. Was this the top grossing film of 1985? Oh, it didn't. It didn't come up tagged that way. Let's see. While you do that, here's a was. here's a fun fact for you, Cat. Okay. Uh, a quarter of this film was filmed with a different actor other than uh, than Michael J. Fox, uh, actor named Eric Stoltz. But after having filmed for like a month, they were like, "We don't like where this is going. He's not fit for this role." 
And they went and they reached out to Michael J. Fox, who at the time was a very successful TV actor from the show Family Ties. And they convinced him to come and film uh, the movie. And they had to reshoot those first 20 or 30 days that they had already done with the other actor um, with Michael J. Fox. So there's about a 30 there's about 30 minutes of this film that was completed with a whole different actor um, that just had a different theme and different mood to it because of his acting. Uh, and Michael J. Fox, and this is another fun fact, you'll notice a lot of this film this is, is done during nighttime because during the day, Michael J. Fox was filming his TV show, Family Ties, and then in the evenings he would go and film Back to the Future, and a lot of the daytime scenes were the ones that you see that they were able to film during the weekends. So this man was working like 16 to 18 hour days in order to complete this while still maintaining his TV show. Incredible. Wow. I know. Uh, so, yes, it's the highest grossing in several ways. It is the calendar highest grossing film. It is the highest grossing by year. And it is the highest grossing PG film in the year. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, that's a ton of money. And again, like... Uh, and and it, it. Go ahead. I was going to say, funny, uh, in calendar, Rocky IV is number four. Although if you go by in-year release... Uh, it's number three, uh-huh. so beat them in two different ways. And it's it's one of these films that that the all three films follow a really great story. Like it makes sense that in part two they go to the future. Now I do feel like in part three they kind of jump the shark, but not too much. It still works. Still works. Just a, just a little shark, not a great white. Cat, have you seen all three? Um, I know I've seen the first two. I don't know about the third one. It's the- I was actually just going to see if he was in Sharknado as well. Um. Maybe maybe Christopher Lloyd. The part three is where they go back to the past into the Western times. Oh, that one was terrible. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't great. It wasn't up to par with part one and two. Just, you know, mm. terrible Fair. is such a strong word. <laughs> pretty sure it still made a ton of money for them. I'm pretty sure. Did you also did. know that there was a cartoon show in the 90s about uh, Back to the Future? Now, this is a fun, mm. fun film. So, so much fun. All the funs. Trivia question for you, Kat. What, okay. What was the license plate on the DeLorean in Back to the Future? I don't remember. From the three times you saw that film, you don't remember. A license plate randomly. Wasn't it one of them because it was from the future, just like a barcode? <laughs> I believe you might be right. it became a barcode. <laughs> but we're talking about part one. We're talking about part the classic, one. Yeah, yeah, that's the classic, yeah. I it, don't. What is it? It was out of time because, you know. Because, you know. Yeah. He's a man out of time. Side of. Mm-hmm. Uh, first appearances. Ooh. Billy Zane, oh, Back to the Future. Love me some Billy Zane. That boy can do no wrong. Keanu Reeves, one step away. Oh, I, don't I mean, know what that is. I don't know either, but I know that he will eventually give us Bill and Ted's and John Wick and The Matrix. I mean, <laughs> Speed. And, oh, oh my God, how could I almost forget Speed? Jesus. Uh, we have Vigo Mortensen in Witness. Wait, Witness the um, the Harrison Ford good, Witness? Good question. I don't know. Also, Vigo Mortensen fantastic actor holy yes God. harrison ford kelly mcginnis oh it is Danny glover so he must play an amish person in that movie 
Interesting. He play, he does play a guy named Moses, so I'm going to say I'm yes. Go, yeah. Vigo Mortensen, cat. Uh, you might have seen. Okay, him, thank you. You might have seen him in a movie called Hidalgo, um, a very popular film, uh, a couple maybe 15 years ago, about uh, horse racing in oh. the Middle East. No. Okay. What about yes. a, a fantastic movie called The History of Violence? No. How, what about a film? A, another fantastic film called um, Eastern Promises. No. How about um, a really great family film, uh, Captain Fantastic? No. Has a really that's one I haven't seen so far. Has a really great cover of uh, Sweet Child of Mine. Such a great cover. Right? Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I would say Carlito's Way, but I'm definitely not going to get you a Mortensen on that one. Fantastic. No. Look, fantastic actor, fantastic human being, speaks like seven or eight languages, real horse trainer. Like, Wasn't he in another horse-related film? Huh? Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. He's, oh, he's he in Lord of the Rings. He was Aragon. Striker. Yeah. Why didn't you lead with that? Strider, Strider. Well, I mean... Why didn't As I, I watched Lord of the Rings. Though. I thought you were purposely making a joke by not by not <laughs> the one thing that she would probably know. I just feel he was better in all the rest of the films that I mentioned. Uh, he uh, he, uh, for Lord of the Rings, he he was famously always with his sword when he yeah. went around town, even in his free time and everything, because he was very much in character as Aragorn. So he would walk around town with his sword. Oh. Uh, he also purchased his horse from that... the movie after the film was done and kept it. Yeah, he because loves horses. He had a, he him and that horse were were buds. He loves horses. BFFs. He also, um, I forget which actress, also liked. He bought her her horse as well because <laughs> at the time she could not afford her horse, and he was like, for a second there, I thought everybody gets a horse. No, for a second there, I thought you were going to say he bought her too. <laughs> Dang! I'll take one of those. <laughs> He, I mean, he had enough money. Let's be honest. I mean, Lord of the Rings money. That that man never has to work again in his life. Uh, another debut, Steve Buscemi in oh, The Way It my Is. God, amazing! One of the best character actors, I think. Of you know, I mean, Cat, you'll know him from Reservoir Dogs. Nope. Nope. Man. Armageddon for sure. Ar Armageddon. Uh, Con Air. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good yeah. one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a very difficult face to forget. It's a Willem Dafoe face. <laughs> yeah. Oh, his his he's, face he's is a character a actor all by actor himself. actor and Elena of Avalor. For those of y'all who don't know, four-year-old girls love this show. What show? It's on Netflix. Elena of Avalor. It's on Netflix. Check it out. And Steve Buscemi voices it? He, um, yeah, he's a, he's a voice actor in there. He's a voice actor. Now I can totally say, hey, Rebel, that's my daughter. Did you know Steve Buscemi is a voice actor in here? Did you know he made, he made his, director, his, uh, his film debut in 1985? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. She's going to be so impressed. So even though he was in the fourth uh, highest grossing or third highest, depending on which measure you're going for a film, Dolph Lundgren's premiere was actually not uh rocky four it was uh, a view to a kill it was his film debut actually oh this year. so he he stars in or he 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 uh his film debut is a view to kill and then he has rocky four in the same year holy mm -hmm. cow 
What a hell of a year for this man. Yeah, he came out. He came out real strong. Wait, fun fact, which we'll eventually get to. He was also the first Punisher in a movie in the eighties. I saw that Punisher, that variant of the Punisher. That one, uh, I want to say too. Uh, doesn't he like have like these skull hilted stilettos that he keeps killing people with? Like, uh, I don't remember I, that. That stands out. I remember that you only see him with the skull on his chest once in some sort of fever pitch dream. Yeah, but he do, he does not. Yeah, you know, he's just a vigilante. He he could have been Charles Bronson in any '80s film. It was a. Uh, it was still fun. That's still a fun. Oh film. yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Uh, our last debut, Helena Bonham Carter, yes. going with the View. I uh, besides everything, Tim Burton, uh, the King's Speech. She was wonderful in the King the King's Speech. Now, Kat, you got very excited about uh, Miss Carter. Why? Which, yeah. Which film? Because she's in Harry Potter. Oh, okay. She is. Yeah. Bellatrix yeah. Lestrange. Is mm-hmm. she by any chance in any of the Star Wars movies? <laughs> I mean, honestly. I don't think so. I don't Sweeney think so. Sweeney Todd. Seen yeah, that? Any, anything Tim Burton, that's why I said. Anola Holmes. Ooh, Fight Would Club. Would you like to know a fun fact? Fight Club. Yes, Fight go on. Club. Yeah, she was fantastic in Fight Club. Um, the lady I'm named after is a, is a director, and she works very closely with Tim Burton. Fun fact. The funnest. It's so fun. Yeah. She's in Big Fish. Oh, yeah. Was that Tim Burton? Yeah. No, that was Spielberg, huh? No. Well, he directed it. Tim Burton was the director. Oh, okay. Yeah. Again, anything mm-hmm. Tim Burton, he would put his wife into, right? <laughs> but she's she's pretty great. I love the, you probably haven't seen it, but in the, the Harry Potter, where they take the these potions and then, like, it's Helena Bonham Carton um, pretending to be Hermione, pretending to be Bellatrix, pretending to be Hermione. So she has to pretend to be like three different characters at the same time. It's great fun. You should watch it. I'll find the clip. So here's the thing. Yes, find the clip, share it. Uh, okay. I have seen all the Harry Potter movies. And I, you know the one I'm talking about. She's no, in the bank. I was going to say I don't because I've almost erased them from my memory. I wasn't going to read the books, but I knew I was like, it's like the Twilight movies. I've erased them from my memory. But because I'm a, I'm, I'm a pop culture fiend, I have to. You are. I have to watch these things. Constantly chasing the high of pop I, culture. Right? Just, oh. <laughs> uh, might, uh, no, I think she's great. I might need to purchase a high definition camera so we can do a, a an in studio episode game. <laughs> for the, for the behind, behind the magic. Yeah, for the Patreons. <laughs> there we go. That's how we launch. Uh, oh all right. Um, I think that's it, right? It is because something old, something new. But yeah, no, we're we're, at, just, we're like at two an episodes. hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're not gonna do two episodes. We're just gonna put one long one up. With the look, with with cats, fever fans, they're not pulling. Gonna, they're We're gonna, gonna pull all cat four numbers. of them. I'll tell We're all four cat of them. Numbers. They are not gonna care that this is an hour. We like and to 10 say minutes. we like to say double. We don't like to say four. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Fair. They're not gonna mind Fair. an hour and ten minutes. They're gonna love it. No, they're, they're gonna ask for they're more. Loyal. They're gonna be like, wait, I thought you said there was two episodes, and we'll be like, Please oh. Sit. Just have to ask her back. I can't believe you didn't even mention that in 19, 
80, we're in 85, right? That's why we've been talking about this all the time. Yeah. Well, there's, okay. there's three episodes for 85. Oh, yeah. okay. So well, we've done one. So, you know, two, so like, the, you've the probably that... already covered it then. Which probably one? Which it. one? Just curious. That Coca-Cola introduced the new Coke. We did talk about that in the last episode. See? So... Uh, there you go. Well, Good to know. We're gonna say for Kat that the that, that episode hasn't been released and that's why she hasn't heard it, even though it came out Thanks. yesterday. Oh yeah. <laughs> it came out yesterday. Okay. Yeah. All right, that brings us to the end of eighty five for today. Don't forget you can find us at Pop Culture Hangfire on Instagram. And we will see you in nineteen eighty five again one more time.